Hey. You already know, man. Episode three. You already know. Literally, with Ken and Carl. Literally. That's right. Yeah, man. Man, so uh, I got a little story to tell. Okay. Uh, we've already probably done about 20 minutes of a podcast, and uh, Mr. Professional here didn't hit record. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. Okay. No, uh, I, it was me. Uh, I did it. I didn't hit record. I'm surprised you didn't, because every time there's like something that goes wrong, it's my fault. It ends up being my fault. And, and <laughs> what's funny is you said to me, it was God keeping us from talking about Alicia Jesus on the podcast Christ. <laughs> because you were saying some stuff, right? Yeah. I was saying something about her black ass. What, what you expect me to say? Like I'm, I'm going to sit there and talk. I'm not going to, I'm not going to change the way I talk about her. I'm going to talk about her. So it started because I was talking about our table and uh we kind of changed some stuff around and uh my my wife erica made some cookies which i'm going to try because everybody else has tried them and told me about them and by the time i go up and try to have one carl's like he gives you that look like from like uh the good fellas like you know how that that one guy sits there and just shakes his head like it's over mm-hmm. that's the look you gave me like i was like man can i get a cookie they're gone i was like Really? Yeah. And that's when Alicia would sit up there and just, oh, yeah, them cookies off the chain, they were good. Uh-huh, you should have got you one, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking at her like, yo, shut your black ass up. Just pissed me off. Like, you going to tell me about the shit because you just ate the shit. You was chewing on it. Just right there in front of me, just chewing. I seen like, even like you know she was chewing and the little crumbs was just falling down. I'm just looking because my eyes was like that day I was tuned in and my contacts was like super new. So I could see all the crumbs just like she talking and just falling. And I'm just sitting there looking. I'm like feeling like the dude off of uh, Office Space. I was just like, my, 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 my piece of cake. My, my, my piece. <laughs> you know, I was looking like that. Like I was that fucking pissed. And I mean, I just had to look like I was lost because she had, I, like you had brought in that freaking like can, like that bucket of like cookies and they were there was nothing there there was nothing there it was just like opening it up and then knowing okay. that nothing was there I, i'm gonna say this because it, it's definitely sounding like you're insinuating that she ate all of the cookies which she did not uh, damn okay it. so i'm she, i'm just going on record because she's gonna be mad as hell as it is and i'm really impressed you got to go on that rant twice i i didn't think you could do it we said right? this one's for you that's right and and i will say these cookies, um, she kind of upped her game on these. These these are pretty incredible. They're uh, chocolate chip Heath bar. Yeah. 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 They're pretty good. Pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Usually I don't eat cookies like that, but today I am. <laughs> yeah. So um, I also mentioned um, some of the new stuff that we put on the table. We're going to try to kind of play around with the props. I've got tons of goofy stuff so uh the lightsaber uh because we left vader's head out here for ken because it gives him confidence damn right um so i gotta keep my uh luke the force my obi-wan kenobi saber out here and uh i was telling everybody i kind of on on the part that you guys didn't get to see uh, that uh this has got a special rudy pando chamber in it and it's a uh uh, Roman props, uh, Mark one, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four saber. 
So um, shout out to those guys in the uh, the lightsaber community. Super, super talented. Um, so, and then the arc reactor, um, which this is actually the second one that I've built. This one belongs to uh, Dwight, a friend of mine. Okay. And uh, he's a big comic book fan. Um, and he, uh, he and I get into conversations about the Hulk and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I love the Hulk. Yeah, I know you do. Mm -hmm. I know you do. He's, uh, he's, he's the man. So, um, yeah, he saw the pictures of the one that I made for myself and he was like, Oh, I gotta have one. I gotta have one. So I made him one. So shout out that it's yours. Um, oh, there yeah. you go. and my mother-in-law gets me some of the coolest stuff. Like when she found out I started playing drums, anytime she would go to like a Goodwill or a yard sale or anything mm -hmm. and see anything musical, it didn't matter. She would buy it and give it to me. At one point I had a violin. I, I don't play a violin. I had a trumpet. Yeah. I had like all these weird instruments and stuff. And she would just anywhere she was, she would buy it. Cause she knew I was interested in it. Damn. Found out I was into star Wars stuff. Um, eventually when we get our, our set, um, I've got a four foot Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, who's pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's uh, she's pretty cool. She gets me all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah, we'll try to keep the table fresh. Um, yeah, not too bad, man. Yeah, man, you look sweet, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but Maul looks better than, you know, Iron Man right there. I mean, Maul looking like y'all got me standing next to Iron Man, like really? And Iron Man's got that pose like I'm Iron Man and then he's pointing down like, I love you 3000, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he look like, just like, yo, I did it, I died. I saved everybody here. You know, it's just like, okay, you know, like before him, it was like somebody else, but at him, it's no one else that will do it. Right. You know, he's the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved Iron Man. Uh, yeah. It was a great movie. It was a great series. It was great. It was just, the whole thing was great. They have a ton of movies planned. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them. They do. Yeah. But at the same time, if you don't, keep certain heroes around it's all going to fail meaning are we talking licensed out to other companies superheroes or superheroes that we're killing off superheroes that's licensed out licensed out to other companies so the hulk spider-man you damn right yeah if you like the hulk you need to keep him in there because you do need his brains you need the brains of him but if you take away Spider-Man. Especially seeing as they set him up to be the next Tony Stark. You just fought the whole MCU. Like, right there. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no offense but Spidey. Yeah. And people love Tom Holland and Spider-Man. They love him. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. I think he's great. I mean, he's 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 got that, that same, when you read the comic books, that same kind of awkwardness. And at the same time, that... I'm nervous and I say jokes, you know, to keep, you know, to keep myself, you know, kind of lined up with what's going on. He has that. So oh. he makes it work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited about the movies that'll come up. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they, they, they do it right. You know, I mean, the well, besides Spider-Man, besides Thor, the biggest one that's going to kind of pull it all together is Doctor Strange too. I, th I think that's where it's going to be like, okay, 
you're going to be the one to show what else is coming. Mm-hmm. What's going to make that? What's going to make the new Avengers come back? What's going to make everybody come back and be like, "We got to do it again." You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 why I think is that it's Doctor Strange. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, um, another conversation we were having that I missed. Mm. Um, it's kind of an interesting one um, about code speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I for people that may not know what code speak refers to, um, it would be somebody speaking um, in a manner that they don't generally speak in to assimilate with another culture. Yeah. Fair enough. Is that close? It's 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 accurate. It's very accurate. Like I'm not gonna sit here and and all of a sudden I see you know a guy who's Mexican and go to him. What's up, Holmes? Like you know I'm I'm not gonna do that. That's just kind of insulting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I had given out some bullshit stat that I made up that ninety percent of the time it's not tried and or done in a in a, an insulting fashion or they're not trying to be insulting. Right. But at least seventy five percent of the time that's the way it's taken. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least that's the way it feels. Yeah, I mean, it, it it works only like in certain situations or certain environments where, okay, you got this majority here, but when you come, you don't. I'm not gonna say you're gonna go and go, what's up, Holmes, or anything like that. Just you know, kind of, kind of play with the, the the lingo a little bit, as far as in the way they speak certain things, you know, and kind of just be you, but say say certain terminologies that they relate to. Right. You know, but not coming up and trying to do the act and all of that. And yeah, that's where it just goes to the left. It's like, you know, when keeping it real goes wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and I guess not every, um, not every culture experiences it as much because you you don't see as much Asian code speaking people, people would generally stay away from that because it sounds incredibly racist. Although I think all of it does, but you know, in, in pop culture, um, you know, when terms change like bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Um, you know, when, when people adopt current kind of slang, um, you're going to get some of that that would sound similar but I think the approach and, and kind of how you do it, like if I said, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of the way I talk. Whereas if I was like, what's up? Yeah. You know, I don't generally speak that way. Yeah. Oh, what's up? Homie. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just not me. Yeah. I, I think that's not, that's never been you. You've always been the same every time I seen you and it's just like, okay, cool. Except that's when car. quoting, we quoting yeah. movies. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, yeah. Quoting movies is, 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 Something you have to do in a, a particular tone and, and pitch and delivery. You have to try to get the character. I mean, like you have to do it. Like I, Jack Nicholson, you can't just sit up there and say a line by him just regular. You can't be like, "Have you ever danced with the devil in a pale moonlight?" You can't do that. You got to be like, "Have you ever danced with the devil in a pale moonlight?" You know, just that kind of <laughs> okay, that kind of push or that emphasis on it. You can't do Arnold with just sitting up there and just you know. Get down, head to the chopper. He can't do that. It's like, get down, head to the chopper. Get down, now. Get down. You know, you can't do like Randy Savage. You can't sit there and just go snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. You can't do it. You just can't say it regular. It sounds boring. I can't. It sounds just like the guy 
the father on uh, American Pie, like how he talks. So Bland. But, Eugene Levy. Oh man, he is brilliant. He is brilliant, but he has that 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 <sighs> that, that pitch and tone. It's kind of well, like you know, Canadian kid, like Eugene Levy. I grew up SCTV. Um. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's just so funny. He, he, Him and Catherine O'Hara together are brilliant in it, everything. It works because the fact that he knows who. He know who, where his acting is. He know he knows who he is in in acting. He knows it like okay, this is right. me. Like he knows like okay, I can't be too over the top, but I have to kind of bring it to where it's believable. Like he he kind of takes himself within the role, right? And well, makes it work. Playing a straight a straight bit, mm-hmm. I think, can be more difficult. You know what I mean? Because you're feeding the the person that's supposed to be getting the laugh so to speak right and so timing is so important oh man delivery is great and i think we were talking the other night about gilda radner Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was really versatile she could be the slapstick or or the the punchline yeah but she could also be the setup yeah um she she had the ability to kind of like you know fill it out okay I'm, I'm i'm feeding off of you but at the same time if you're not that good i can pick up the slack right i can finish the joke right. i can make it i can make it still alive yeah that's what she does you know? well and um you know i think eugene levy is is definitely that way yeah i think Catherine o'hara is that way yeah and i don't know if you've seen the show Shit's creek I just watched pieces of it okay so that's actually um eugene levy's yeah. son dan yeah. levy yeah and apparently brilliance runs in the family because that kid's just amazing not only performance wise in it but that show is so fantastic because it's got so many different levels of funny in it Mm -hmm. but you've got this underlining kind of it's always kind of hitting you like you know it's just it's a really really well done show well you know with 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 shows and, and comedy and everything like that it all flows together when you have the setup punchline but at the same time when you have somebody who knows how to finish the joke or they know how to deliver or just to make it that line live or just improv at an instant mm-hmm. and just and you have the right cast around okay I know this person. I know how he is. I need to be ready to feed off of him when he when he goes he goes. I need mm-hmm. to go and just react you know that's how you get great shows. That's how you have great casts. That's how movies. That's how movies go on to sequels. That's how it works. Uh, Tim Conway mm. from the Carol Burnett Show. Mm. Ah, that dude used to kill me. Oh, I mean, just and and half the stuff that he would do, yeah, was intentionally to get Harvey Corman to break character. Well, to get any of them to break character, because he, he, he would do it to a lot of them. Right. But I think some of the most memorable skits that they did mm-hmm. um, was was Tim trying to get Harvey, you know, just completely off his game. And they were so funny. They did a dentist bit mm-hmm. where Harvey Corman's in the chair oh, and God. Tim Conway's the dentist. And he ends up like Novocaine numbing or whatever his yeah. his arm and then his leg, and then he's trying to f- swat this fly, and he's oh, like, "Oh God. shit!" That's I, I'm telling you, like they were the greatest. I mean, you, you, 
that's that's one thing that I always loved about Farzan, SNL, Mad TV. I mean, you can tell when someone is like trying to to make everybody fall out right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, another guy who was like that. I mean, who's who naturally had that ability was was Chris Farley. Anytime you sat up there and you see him do bits, yep. everybody else kind of had to just kind of go, okay, let me not look at him right now. Or he would just come around and make you look at him. Like when uh, Adam Sandler was doing the lunch lady land and he was dancing around and then he pretty much came up in front of Adam. Adam, he just sitting there working like, oh shit, man, I got all my shit together. But it was funny, you know? I oh mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was great. He was great at that, man. I mean, him, um, what's well, of course, Will Ferrell, he'll make you break. But um I love that dude. Yeah, I, I you know oh. that you know how I feel about him in man, Anchorman, um, of course, uh Night of the Roxbury, Step Brothers, but Anchorman, of course, is one of the best movies that he's ever done and probably ever will do. I'm just being honest. Um uh, I mean he's he's gonna do other movies and make you laugh, but it's something about Ron Burgundy, man. I I want to agree with you because of the level of love that I have for that movie. But the level of respect I have for him, I don't think he's done. I, I no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just not saying, saying he's done. He's not. I'm not saying he's so, done. So uh, to say that he can't top that, I, I, I don't know. Here's I can't the reason put it past why. him. Here's the reason why I say he might not be able to top that is when the cast has the right chemistry, when everybody can literally just go off of each other and make it work like you didn't think for a moment that paul rook could pull that off as being brian fantana like he 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 impresses you every time he you see him in a role because when he did brian fantana when he sat up there and he was just like you know you ladies get to meet the whole gang you know (laughs) i mean i'm just like dude you just talked about your penis in front of everybody and, and, and talked about each Tesco as if it was its own person. Like Panda watch. I'm telling you, man. Oh, like, he's great. You know, but I, I will say, I don't know that I've ever seen Paul Rudd in anything I didn't like. Uh, yeah. Now, it, I know he's been in some rom-coms and I'm not, I don't really watch romantic comedies at all. So. I love the massages party. He only had, he didn't have that many lines, but he was like, fuck you, weenie. And it just like, just, that was it. I don't know. He's, he's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I dig him. And, and when he got cast as Ant Man, I was totally stoked about it because I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd fucking. Yeah, he but he even said himself as like Ant Man. He was like, yeah, I'm only Ant Man. Like, he knows, like, he's not like the biggest, you know, but. Okay. Still... So only Ant Man. But if it weren't for Ant Man, they wouldn't have been able to time travel. This is, this is true. This is and, true. And Thanos would have won, and they all would have been bitched out, basically, just punked out. Thanos still won. Done. In a sense, Thanos still won. Mm, no, not really, unfortunately. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. Think and about I say it. unfortunately because I kind of think, think about it, it. he was probably right. Gamora. <laughs> took Gamora. You can't get Gamora back. They did, though. Gamora's gone. No, she's not. She's gone. No. Go back she's and watch not. it. No. She was there afterwards. It was the younger version. G- Gamora is gone. No. The Gamora they know is gone. No, it's the younger version. The Gamora that they knew, that they became to know to be the Guardian of the Galaxy, right. is gone. Right. Now, then take that away. Now you lost Black Widow. 
Right. Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. Anyway, but yeah, you lost her. Then mm-hmm. at the same time, you lost your most, the greatest weapon of all that you had. And he said, Division? I am Iron Man. Oh, no. And you lost Vision. Yeah. You lost some factors that mm-hmm. could change the whole game. Just, just, just Iron Man himself. Yeah, but I mean, you've got Captain Marvel, right? Yes, you have Captain Marvel, but still, you don't have the Iron Man. And I know where we're going with this. I'm not going anywhere with this. I just you're you're talking about Brie. She's she yeah, you know they they had the whole the, it was the whole women movement going on. I have nothing against women and anything like that, but the way she <clears throat> acted was kind of like off. It was kind of horrible. I don't, I, I'm not one that read a lot of the, the Captain Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm like some expert or anything. Right. So I don't want to pretend like, you know, I know how she was supposed to act. I imagine that because she was, you know, a female pilot and all of that, she would have to be cocky. And I, I, I get all of that, right. you know, in, in any male dominated field women have to work so much harder and in some cases be so much more ruthless you know to get there you know what i mean and and so you know i can understand that you have to play the role a certain way yeah but i felt like she just came off very flat and and kind of lacking any pizzazz or it like ah, pizzazz is such a dumb word. Sorry. Like she just didn't really, she didn't pop at all. There was nothing exciting about who she was. Yeah. She didn't really come in there with the, she didn't bring life to the character. And, and for a character that's supposed to be that powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I wasn't I wasn't a, a super big fan. I'm not going to hate on Brie Larson because I, I haven't really watched a lot of what she's done and I don't really, you know, so I, I know she faced a lot of hate. Um, she did that to herself. Yeah, those interviews didn't necessarily come off very well. No. You know. They didn't. No one, uh, no one likes her at all. I, I will say this. I think people get offended way too fucking easily, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like big time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Cookie's good. You like those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the juice. <laughs> I got you more juice. Yeah, you know. Yep. But yeah, I think um, she she's she's okay, but she just didn't do what she was supposed to do for that role. She uh, wanted to get involved in the star Wars franchise somehow. No, um, no, <laughs> no star Wars. She would have started a war. So many people would have been on her ass. Oh, you should have seen it like blew up in all of the, the groups mm-hmm. that I'm in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, there were pictures of her with like a, a lightsaber and stuff. And people were just like she's, hating on she's it. She's really walking around with a picture of a dildo. Well, you know, Disney's going that way though. That's like, I don't have a problem with Disney, but at the same time, you got to pick and choose your battles. Leave Star Wars alone. Leave that whole community alone. I mean, because that's something 
that has you look at you look at Star Wars like you look at SNL. It has made so many careers. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to mess and with that. There's a format to it. Yeah, there's a format. You can't you can't mess with that. You can't mess with the story of it. You can't you can't corrupt it. Like it's 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 already had enough ups and downs just in certain movies. But you don't want to do that. You know, as far as the Star Wars thing goes, um, you know, I'm somebody that can kind of detach a little bit. There's so much hate in the Star Wars group. Like people have to pick these sides. And I think that's just kind of society in general right now. Everybody has to have their side and no one wants to listen to anything. But, you know, for me, I can watch a movie and say it was a decent movie it wasn't near as good as this, or I probably would have, you know, preferred to see something different or whatever, but, but it wasn't like, Oh, it's just terrible. If, if it's not a hundred percent great, then it's just, it's shit. That's a shit movie. And like the last Jedi people shit on really, really bad. Um, and, and I don't think it was a great film. I I really don't. I, I think there were dialogue issues. I think there were plot issues. You know, I, I think there were pacing issues. I personally, as a fan, I hated what they did to Luke. Yeah. The only thing I liked in there with it, when it came down to Luke was the whole, you felt the, only, the you felt the moment, the chemistry between Luke and, and, and Yoda. When, when Yoda came back in there, he was, <laughs> missed you, I have. You know, you got that. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds definitely. like something they would say, you know, like they had that talk, you know, and, yeah. you know, it was like, okay, why are you destroying the, the, the Jedi tree and all that, you know, and you just laughed about it. Nice. Like, like, that's Yoda, you know, that yeah. that's that moment that took you back to when they first met, like, okay, that, you know, it, it brought you back to that. But after that, it went to hell for me. Well, <sighs> you know, I, I think there was a part of that that kind of made sense. You know, if there was one thing that, the prequel movies kind of established was that the Jedi order wasn't as solid as they, they thought they were. And that's why they fell, Mm -hmm. you know, they had gotten so involved in politics and being forceful peacekeepers in a sense. Right. Um, that, that they kind of brought upon their own destruction. Right. They, they, they kind of lost vision of what they were originally supposed to do. So in burning the tree, he's basically saying, look, we didn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. You've already learned whatever that was. You already know that. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be something new. It's gotta, it's gotta be something. It's gotta evolve. It's gotta get better. But when you have, you know, a, a, a villain who controls both sides I mean, he's sitting there Your boy just Palpatine. Yes, my boy. I mean, he just you know just <laughs> Jedi. It was a Jedi who threw me down. You know, he has that that that. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. Strike me down with your anger. <sighs> Go ahead, do it. It's your destiny. Like he really, <laughs> like he has that. It's just it's something about mm-hmm. the way he talks. That just you know, if he came in here right now, he just floated in. Can I have a cookie? Like, oh shit, give him a cookie. He will shot the shit out of us. We don't have it. Give it to me now. I go, okay, here, have the cookie. You know, I mean, at the same time, he's that dude. I got this bad boy right here. You think that you think that bad boy was just gonna take him down like that? I am one with the force. The force is with me. And the force was with him too. The force, the force is with me. 
the, I am one with the force. The force is with me. And he has the force too. I am one with the force. The force is with he me. He killed the Jedi just like you. <laughs> you know, he's real. You know, can you imagine him like talking to women like that? Hello, girl. I want you. Like, like, she's like, oh, um, do you really? Uh, I want to take you to my chamber. And you're like, oh, shit. Is that the best pickup line he could come up with? You know. <laughs> hey there, girl. Let me get at you. <laughs> or, you know, maybe, you know, at the same time, he could be that way. Or especially the worst thing I think for a woman for him is like when he climbs, like, will he shoot lightning? He just is just like, oh. Uh, oh, 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 she's dead. Well, actually, he, he shoots lightning into his own heart to keep it moving so he doesn't have a heart attack during the middle of it. I mean, it's kind of like his own personal defib. Just uh, think about it, he survived that whole time like that on a, on, yeah. a, on a machine that just kind of moved him around when he Get wanted to move around. Get some electrocution shakes going. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he, has like the, he has a shake with a little dumbbell that shakes around holding it down. Uh, that's right. I'm working out right now. You know? Terrible. It is. It is. You know, think about it. He survived that whole time. Chewie, the whole time he was there, the whole freaking time, you don't know what he was saying. But they knew what he was saying. And at the same time, there's some females I know whose weave looks just like Chewbacca's. But anyway, we're moving forward on that one. <laughs> um, I, I think it should have ended at six. I, I really like, I think when you, when George went back and, and made the prequels, I understand why he did it. Mm -hmm. Totally cool with it. Right. Did not think they were as, as good um obviously there were aspects of them that were much better the right. choreography and the fight scenes in the first three are the best out of any of the nine hands down no hands down the the choreography the lightsaber battles i'm telling you they were so much better in those first three than in any of the nine movies well i i, but I, I, I get it. i get it for revenge of the sith yes definitely that De definitely even even in um attack of the clones yeah he was just i mean come on now you, you one of the best lines, Obi-Wan, don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. It's like, dude, he told you. you. And he's sitting up there, little arm, you know, he's looking like the freaking. Don't do it, Danny. I've got the high ground. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like, dude, don't jump. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he went up and it was just like, this motherfucker. That's why I was just like, you know, just like, oh, my God. Well, don't forget in, in the first one, um, you also had um, the mall battle. With Qui Gon and and uh, Obi Wan, yeah, but see Maul, Maul though he was dope as shit though. I mean he just he just sat there for a second like I'm waiting. Mm -hmm. Bring your asses, like come get this death I have oh, for y'all. He was a badass. He, he was bad. When, you know it was funny they killed that character off in that movie, and then you later find out through right. um, Clone Wars that that he wasn't killed off. Um, and thankfully so, because they put so much depth into that character and Sam Witwer, uh, mm -hmm. does the voice of, of Maul in, um, Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. And, and also in the Clone Wars and okay. Rebels and he and Ray Parks, who Ray Parks was the guy that did, mm -hmm. uh, Maul. Um, the, the physical mall in the movie. Okay. Um, and also reprised the role for mm -hmm. rebel one. Uh, yeah. Rogue one. Um, at the end, 
that yeah. kind of holographic or whatever. That yeah. was that was actually Ray Parks again. Wow. Um, and they're good friends. Uh, Sam Witwer also does the voice for Palpatine in Clone Wars. Yeah, but I, insanely talented and a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars. I mean, it, it's it, it's great. Like when you look at it, and I think that's one thing when you look at it as a whole, you have to say it's great. There's, yeah, but, there's no fancy but I still, about it. I think I, I understand why they went to the first three if they had um, stopped at six and then made three more movies I'm fine with, but don't necessarily make it about that. That can be lore at this point. You know what I mean? They could talk about what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. I think leave the originals out of it. You want to do some cameos with Chewbacca or, you know, R2 and, and C-3PO or something. But I think it should have been enough time that that was all just legend. Speaking and then you create something new out of it. You don't get near the hate. Yeah. But as soon as you start fucking with the, the, the characters that people grew to love, mm -hmm. you start getting that division. Yeah, I'll tell you, with, in, out of all the Star Wars, of people who shouldn't have died, I have spoken. Man, <sighs> when I seen him in Mandalorian, he was just sitting there laid out. I was just like, Nick Damn Nolte's it. character. What was he? I, I can't, I can't even think remember of his, name. his name. I can't think of his name. But he just like he was just sitting there like that. I have spoken. It's so it's so gangster line. Like that's what I really want to do. Like if I would get back in a relationship again, I just want to tell the girl like, sit down. I have spoken, or bend over. What I have spoken. And tell me how that works for you. Exactly, it's going to work out fine. Mm -hmm. it, How's that believe working me, for you? It's going to work out fine. So I hear you've been sleeping on the couch. How's that working for you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's not going to work mm -hmm. out. But it, the fact of it is, knowing me how I am, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. I will. Yeah, and and won't care. Right. Yeah. Why their feelings are hurt? Like that's how you going to talk to me? They just like. I have spoken. This is why you're single, right? No, that is not why I'm single. I am single because I choose to be. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. Like, so, um, our last episode, we did a uh, little, little family history time. Oh man. <laughs> um, I liked it. I, I, I felt like I learned something about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's many adventures and, and crazy stuff that's going on and, now, yeah. I don't know that we're necessarily going to make it like a, a weekly segment called Sister Stories or anything. Sister Stories, Dad Stories, <laughs> or just the adventures. I hear little brother stories, too. Oh, man. I got adventures uh, with running out of, like, people's houses when I'm trying to, like, when I was young, like, trying to sleep with a girl and her dad comes home when I'm running out the house, like, but naked, like, three, four in the morning and calling my sister, like, okay, me. Like, yeah, that stuff, but that's neither here nor there. So anyway. One of my longest uh, friends, Randy, lives in Toronto still. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Randy. Um, known him since high school. Okay. And I don't know that there's any one person that I've gotten into more trouble with mm -hmm. than Randy. Um, and, oh, God, he's probably going to hate me. Um he's Chinese Trinidadian 
and uh what is that is that well you will find in the islands mm-hmm. um there's a, a fairly heavy asian population that right. you know right. gravitates there as well um so you'll kind of find you know uh indian people and and asians okay you know yeah. um i know india's in asia but anyway yeah you know what i mean yeah um so culturally you'll get a lot of that mm-hmm. So, um, I've known several people from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, and like I said, growing up in, in Toronto, it's really, really diverse that way. So, um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Ed and Ann, um, both of their parents Mm -hmm. were Chinese Trinidadian. So Chinese, but born in like mixed right yeah. so it wasn't like his dad was trinidadian his mom was chinese and, uh, yeah you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. um but she was and was great uh she probably still is i haven't seen her in forever oh, um wow. but apparently they're doing well i still talk to randy um randy's mom was super generous like if i went over there she'd feed me constantly like all the time and she'd always have like the best food like i got introduced to to a lot of different dishes like um roti okay um which is um like an island flatbread okay um different types of roti um and stuff like that Mm. um but yeah so i would go over and and she'd always have like food and stuff and um but Randy used to get in trouble all the time and man, she would be scary and she was really short. Right. And I remember one night (laughs) we had been out and Randy was going to stop in the house. I think we were going to stay at his place, Mm -hmm. but he wanted to go in and make sure it was cool. And his mom was up and I'm sitting in the car and he had this burgundy Toyota station wagon. We called it the burgundy bitch. Jesus. And, um, I'm sitting in the car and he kind of creeps in the front door and he's not in there for like two minutes. And all of a sudden he comes running like Indiana Jones running from the ball in Raiders of the Lost Ark, like running out the front door and shoes are just flying past his head. (laughs) Yeah. She threw shoes like in the old Eddie Murphy sketch. I'm telling you like, dude, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, you know, that's what people do, you know, sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, now you go to jail for doing, going nuts and crazy on people. Now you just, you, you, that happens. Made a man out of them. Yeah. He's got he, kids. Yeah, you know, I mean. Doing doing pretty good. They instill morals into you, you know, morals. It, it keeps you, you know, saying, but now you, the minute you even yell or get loud, the child's on the phone, like, say one more thing. And if you say something, Finishing off that nine one one, boop. That's it. They're at the door. They're coming in. Yeah, you know that's it. It's, it's it's horrible. That's another reason why I'm not gonna. I have many reasons why I won't have kids, but that's kind of one of the reasons, you know. Because I mean, my thing is, you know, I'm I'm kind of like one of those like Bernie Mac, like Bernie Mac. He was like, "Fuck you, I fuck a kid up." Like you know, <laughs> that's that's what needs to happen. Like, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, oh, you hit me with the Bernie. I yeah. wasn't expecting yeah, that. That was know, great. You know, but in general, he would, that's what he, that's what he believed in. You know, that's how, you know, he was raised. Like right. everybody to a certain extent 
you got your ass beat, you know, mm-hmm. by your parents. I mean, that's what that's that's where you got your respect from, you know. Yeah. You know, you can't go up to your parents and and sit there and say something like hell no. Shit, before I was watching wrestling, shit, my mom was fucking Ric Flair. She would just, you know, come across. Ooh. I'm telling you, just nature boy. You know, I'm like, <laughs> shit, you know? My grandmother, oh, God, man, she had an old cane, and that cane had, like, nicks in it and stuff, because she would sit there and beat the shit out of my cousin. Or I've literally seen my cousin get the wind knocked out of him. She threw a brick at him one day. I was, like, young as hell, and I seen she, she went, come here, and Next thing you know, you just see him drop. And she looked at me. I was like, girl, I'm going home. I ain't fucking with you. I had that look like, I'm fuck that shit. I'm yeah. not doing it. You know, but in general, that kind of puts you in a perspective like, okay, this is my respect. I need to respect my elders, the people who raised me, this, that, and the third. It, it puts some type of structure to where you go, okay, I don't need to do this or do that. And at the same time, you knew certain stuff you would go out there and do. Like, if I did this and they found out, I'm getting fucked up. Like I'm getting, I'm getting a beat down, you know, like my parents say, like they used to, they grew up where hell, hell, if you, if somebody did something and you would get multiple ass whoops because everybody was going to fuck you up if you did it, you know, mm-hmm. but now no one gets fucked up. No one gets an ass whooping. No one gets like, you know, some kind of lecture, something to make you understand that, Hey, what you did was wrong. Oh, it's far worse than that. Everybody gets a trophy too. Oh man. Oh man. Look, look, if you have kids, Preach. if your child has lost, don't give them a trophy. Don't take them out and say, hey, we're going to have pizza. No, tonight you sitting home, you eating tuna. Shut up. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. That's it. Tuna. It, and I'm talking about not even the flavored tuna. We're getting to just the straight water. Just that's it. It's watered down. Ain't no, no sodium. All of it. Cholesterol. Get it all. Mm-hmm. You lost. I... I wish I could remember what wide receiver it was. There was an NFL wide receiver that was saying that um, he he didn't support every kid getting a trophy, mm-hmm. and and you know the the reasoning is is sound. Challenge and difficulty in your life builds character, exactly, and and you know we both said that we were pretty fortunate. We didn't really have to need for anything. Right. We always had food. Exactly. Always had a roof over our head. Exactly. I had know. more than enough. Food. Right. <laughs> well, no, 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 but just yeah. in, in general. So, you know, it's like, um, I still wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I still had to work for things. I had exactly. a job. I, I think I, I want to say my first job was like when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. You know, just trying to pick up money and, and do stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, my first vehicle was a, a motorcycle my dad bought from a friend of his for $500 and it didn't run. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you can get it to work, it's yours. Right. And I learned how to rebuild a clutch. Damn. I had no idea how to do that. Damn. But I learned and I got it done. And by the time I got it done and we actually got it fired up, it was running really rough. But my dad had seen how much work I put into it. Mm-hmm. And so he took it to a shop and had them take a look at it. It turned out one of the carburetors, it had dual carb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and one of the carburetors wasn't working properly. Mm-hmm. So he actually had me, you know, he helped get it, get it finished well, off. But 
you know, I learned something really valuable mm-hmm. and, and I took care of that thing. Like I babied it. I loved it. Right. Um, Hard work pays off. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think anybody that's been born with a silver spoon in their mouth is actually at a disadvantage. They, they are, they are, but at the same time, they are, but they're not. I think there's a spectrum mm-hmm. and, and this is just my personal view on it. I think there's a spectrum and there's a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go through so much tragedy and strife in your life. Mm-hmm. I think there's a breaking point where it can just completely bury you. Yes. Yes. You go through so much mm-hmm. of everything handed to you. I think it can also bury you. Yeah. Yeah. I think having a mix of opportunity with challenge. So basically it's a, it's gives a balance. You, gives you success in life. Right. It's a balance. Well, and, and it's still at that point, it's still up to you on how you want to face that. Yeah. I've seen people that have opportunity. Mm hmm and and don't take advantage of it i've seen people that don't have opportunity and find a way to make it you know what i mean yeah but i i feel like you know everybody kind of has to have some sort of challenge or or you know difficulty in their life i think it builds character it kind of teaches you how to handle that that disappointment it humbles you but at the same time I still believe there is it's kind of like it's 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 kind of like Star Wars. You still need the force. It's still that balance. You still need you you need a bit of both to just kind of completely give you some type of like life could be like this if I did this or life could be like that. But you still need that 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 balance in between to get you like okay, this is where I want to be, you know. I mean, you the reason why I say that most people who are born with a silver spoon might have an advantage. They have an advantage because if they want to start something, it's right there. They don't, I mean. They, yeah, they, they they end up having the opportunity, but not the drive. There and, you go. And there's, there's where the, the failure is. Right. Because everything comes so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can have startup capital for, for a restaurant. Right. And, and if, you know, I'm one of those who was completely pampered and there's no hundred percent. There's always exceptions right. to every rule. Right. But if I'm extremely pampered and everything's been given to me mm-hmm. and I say, I want to open up a five-star restaurant and I don't know anything about the restaurant business and I don't know that location matters more than anything. Yes. And the restaurant starts to fail. Are you going to be able to make it a success? That Probably not because you're not going to, know how to persevere in situations like that it doesn't work for you so you either throw money at it or you give up and move on to something else whereas somebody that found a way to put pennies away to save money Mm -hmm. to come up with a plan by doing solid data and research to find right. out where the best location for this type of cuisine, exactly. who's going to be my head chef, who's going to be my maitre d', who's going to run this thing. You know, I, I get all these things in place and then I go and I pitch that to somebody and they give me a loan. Yeah. And this has been my dream. Right. 
and I've been fired from more jobs and I've been, you know, kicked more times and, and told that I can't do this more times than I can think. Yeah. Yeah. That, that. Who's, who's going to have the successful restaurant? It's not the silver spoon. No, it's not the silver spoon. I mean, for one, you said the main thing was that, Hey, Hey, they did their research. They, they've learned, you know, and most people, Yeah, but when everything's on the line, you have to, of course, I mean, I when mean, it doesn't matter because you money's no object, you don't put that time in. I mean, you have to do your research just on anything you want to do or anything like that. I mean, because this day and age now, we live in an era where we're a world where everything is moving so fast. And at the same time, it's like, OK, I want to get in this. But all of a sudden it shifts. Right. Like, it's like, okay, I was I was trying to do this, but now it's going this way. Or now it costs this. It used to be under here, but now it's increased. It's like, okay, how do I find where I, how do I start it? And how do I keep getting where I need to go with it? I mean, it's, it, it changes so much now. I mean, but research is the main thing. Like anything that you want to do, try to do, like even beforehand of just in general, like comedy i would literally sit there and watch like just old stuff just old rodney dangerfield all that stuff george carlin i watched all that great yeah you know because even watching the new guys still in my opinion there's something that's not really there like there's something that's kind of like missing when you listen to somebody old and somebody new like some of the old heads they knew how to just deliver or say this like this in a certain way or you know i mean and and that is in that in itself is them you can tell that they sat there and they studied and they worked their material you know um yeah i i would say that there's part of that has to do with um the availability of getting out there mm-hmm. so you get much more comics right right so i i think just because there are so many comedians putting out specials whether it's through amazon whether it's through netflix whether it's even just through their youtube channel yeah um but i don't think that that doesn't mean that there aren't still really great young comics right i think there are i think there's some outstanding ones that totally get it i think they're just a little harder to see because before only the greats were the ones that got put in front of you. Right. Right. Um, there just weren't the avenues for it. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can market and promote yourself and you can do all that stuff now and you can gain an audience and never go through any of the mainstream stuff. Whereas before you couldn't do that. So, you know, like, um, just off the top of my head and I know John Mulaney isn't like young, young, but he's certainly not old. Yeah. He's not brilliant. Mm -hmm. I is one of my favorites. I mean, he's great. I I like that. I like the episode where Jerry, I feel like he's like, let me buy that. Let me buy that carpet for you. Let me buy that for you. You know, like he's just like, you know, he was buying a front of the generous, but at the same time he's looking around like, okay, this is, this is the style that you get. No, pick that rug, get that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Um, you know, but there, there are some really, really great comedians. Um, I, I tend to, um, I tend to watch more kind of a, the, the older school, like, yeah. um, you know, I'm a, a big Bill Burr fan. Right. Um, 
Joe Rogan, and I've mentioned him on the podcast before, cool. not just because, well, you know, Joe's kind of one of those really interesting, like he, he's done so many things mm-hmm. really, really well. Right. Like he's an outstanding UFC announcer. Mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, he's, yeah, he, he does that. He does that. He does his stand up is really fucking funny. And, right. and there again, like smart comedian, like he really, he's, it's, it's not set up punchline, set up punchline. No, it's, he's not. I mean, there's so much dimension to his act. Um, I think he's better now since he doesn't have his hair. Okay. And, <laughs> and you know, um, as a bald guy, I'll take that. I mean, but you know, like he's been a huge inspiration to a lot of people mm-hmm. because of his podcast. Right. And, you know, one of the cool things is like he's helped a number of his comedian friends um, yeah. you know, like Burt Kreischer, yeah. you know, he gave him the advice and he's like, uh, Donnell Rollins, yeah. um, both started podcast cause Joe was just like, do it, do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's contact for your, your, your he audience. Them out, he puts them on. Yeah. 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 And you get that Joe Rogan bump. He puts you on his show. That's yeah. millions of hits, right? That's, right there instantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, and, and the coolest part and one of the things I think that really inspired me to want to start podcasting Mm -hmm. was the fact that he always did it just because he wanted to do it and it was something fun to do. Right. And the reason he, um, has always kept complete control over what he was doing is Mm -hmm. because he never wanted that. So, you know, I know some of the podcast, um, things that you can do, um, like iHeartRadio and and some yeah, of the different yeah. ones, and I, I don't know a whole lot about them, yeah. but I would imagine that you're working for them at that point in yeah, some of those contracts. Yeah. Now Joe just signed a hundred million dollar deal for going to Spotify. It kind of makes me want to come, just shave my shit. Like fuck it, I'm gonna be Joe. Like, and <laughs> well, you keep getting haircuts and wearing hats, so I don't really understand like why you don't just shave it off and and be done with it. No, I I, I don't know. I'm not gonna do that. I have a friend who like he's he was going bald like in like high school. He was like, dude, it's gonna be over for you. So he shaved it, and I look at him like, dude, like do you know if your hair tried to grow back, you would have the Sherman Hemsley, the George Jefferson, <laughs> like his shit would be really really fucked up. And I'm just like, man. And I look at him sometimes, like when he's talking, I'm not like looking at him. I'm looking at like that head. And he's just like, stop. I'm sure he appreciates that. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my boy, but I ain't going to say who he is because he was a Sherman, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you. He got that, you know, that moving on up, literally. That's right. Moving on up around his head. That's yeah. what he has. But yeah, but comedy, man, that's, that's, that's one of the things that I sit back and I'm like, okay, I'll sit there and watch certain people and just watch it like, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. I like to watch him because he has those 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 punchers. Like he has those quick punches. You know, he just oh, what did I tell you, my wife, my wife. You know, he goes, he does that, and it's like okay, cool. And then Robin Williams, I watch him because you don't know where the hell he's going to go. You don't know, and it's like, yeah, he's great, man. Do you, do you remember way back when when he had a TV show? Do you remember what it was called? Oh God, that's some old shit. Mm-hmm. Like very, the seventies, I think. Very old. You're not talking about Morgan. Uh, Morgan. Yeah, you are talking about Morgan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, that's where he got the suspenders from. Yeah. And he was like young, and you could tell he was just like 
on just like a wild dude. Like literally, like he would just get off on the set and just, oh yeah, cocaine. The, the stories that he, the, the stories about him and, and and John Witherspoon told it. He was just like, yo, like the way Richard Pryor used to do them, like they would have to sneak by Richard Pryor's like trailer, like for when he was doing Richard Pryor show, because Richard would open up the door and be like, hey, hey, John, you know, hey, Robin, like, come on into the trailer, what? hit this snort this line like shit like man dude we finna get ready to go on do it like you know they have to go do it you know it just reminded me of walk hard oh god <laughs> you don't want nothing to do with this <laughs> what y'all doing doing up us and down us you don't want no parts of this you shit you don't want no parts of this shit and he's like oh i want some of that shit like, <laughs> i was like yo and that John C. Riley, that's another that's another yep. comedian within himself, man. He's a crazy yep. fuck too. Oh yeah. He really is. But him so funny. And another reason why him and, and Will Ferrell go together is because they have that chemistry. Like you haven't seen honestly, I haven't seen great chemistry like that. I'll say it and people might get mad. Since Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. I haven't seen it. I have not seen like two comedians get up there and nail like that good like they just really nailed it they just went in like far as in their chemistry yeah now you got me thinking mm-hmm. you gotta think about it um gene gene wilder and richard pryor they did multiple movies with each other you know mm-hmm. some and of them some of them weren't good though. some of them weren't good but because of their <laughs> but some of but, but because of their chemistry they were able to pull it off and make a movie you know even though the writing might have been that great, which I will not take, I will not say that Gene Wilder, I will say he, he probably didn't have his hand in there like he wanted to. Right. But, you know, even though my favorite movie by Gene Wilder is The Woman in Red, I love that movie. Like, it's it's, it's a classic to me in my eyes. But, and then of course. Gilda. <laughs> Wasn't that Gilda Radner? She was in there. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, Lisa LeBron, I think so. Is it Lisa or Layla LeBron? Lisa LeBron? Um, Kelly LeBron. Kelly LeBron. Kelly LeBron. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who it, she. She could have released it to me. Weird science. Oh God, Jesus! <sighs> that movie wrecked me as a kid. Oh God. Yeah. Oh man, she was. She was something. She was a force to reckon with. Even when she was with uh, Steve Seagal in the um in uh, Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, and he was running <laughs> around. <sighs> I'm telling you. Come and cut my heart out. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, dude, you are on some strong ass cocaine to sit there and tell motherfucker that. Like, they right. they got the blade ready. To, you know, I mean, you don't get good action. You don't get good action movies like that anymore. I mean, you do, but they're not like they're not like multiple people. You know, it's like it's like you don't get the like what happened to the days of Sylvester and 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 Van Damme and and, and like Steven Seagal and then um. What's my man Dolph Lundgren like? Like you don't have those days. You don't have those movies like that anymore. Like you don't. Blood sport was the shit with you know John Claude Van Damme. You know, yeah. He'd be waking his eyes. <laughs> you know he 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 has to be like that scene right there. I'm like for any dude that was thinking about being gay. That's what it looks like to have somebody climax in your face like that. You'd be. You be losing it right there, like just like. I don't think everyone reacts to uh, to facials that way, but I mean, I mean, just I think guess. about it. Go back. He would just. Ah! Would, I mean, if you kept your eyes open during it, yeah, you would probably have that reaction. You know, I think you should probably close your eyes when it's when it's it's go time. I'm just God. saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ugh. but 
I mean, even even in that, like even Jean Claude Van Damme, he was he was great in his moment, and even though he wasn't like the really Bloodsport action- was one of my favorites. Which one? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Bloodsport is everybody. Oh, like I, would, I love that. Maybe. I would literally be up there dancing when they go Kumite, Kumite. I'd be like, oh shit, Kumite. Like for real. I mean, and even then, even back Frank then, Dukes. But even then, Forrest Whitaker, your eye still was not right. Even in that movie. Why you got to pick on Forrest Whitaker's eye, dude? You know me. You know I will say some wild shit. Like, just because. Oh, That's just how man. I feel. Like, he had, he'd be, he was sitting up there. All right, dude. You coming back with us. I'm like, dude you, dude, you can't even see dude. Like, right now, if he was just to turn and walk away. And then my dude was in there, too. And every time I see him, I don't know his name. But we know him from one movie. Ogre. you know something i can't i can't ever think of forrest whitaker without thinking about bernie really i hate the back of forrest whitaker's neck (laughs) (laughs) i hate black pamper you know and 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 and, and bernie man he was i'm sorry that shit was so fucking funny bernie was ahead of his time but he was right on time because they black i'm telling you i hate shit So you couldn't let me get into him. Bernie Mac, he like he was truly one of those comedians. Like him Oh man. Him and John Willispoon, they had that 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 magic, that naturally funny mm-hmm. like for instance, like Bernie Mac could be like sitting up right in front of the freaking school bus waiting for kids to just get off the bus so they could get the hell on. Right. And and be like, hurry the fuck up. Y'all ain't gonna be shit. None of you gonna be shit. Look at the girl in the mouth with a thumb in the mouth like she's sucking dick. When she get older, fuck her. Get the fuck on. Look at the little poet that's high like this. His mom need to start smoking that shit. Like, he had that natural ability to just see anything and say what he wanted to say. John Witherspoon, the same thing. He just, hello. That's him. Like, he had that naturalness. And that's what I think that some people do have in comedy and some people just they learn along the way and another person who has that naturalness and learned and mastered themselves in comedy gilbert godfrey i swear to god dude that guy is unequivocally himself like so actually um one of the podcasts that i follow is Mm -hmm. uh the bill burt podcast right um and uh I'm, i'm a big fan of burt kreischer yeah um and and I just I think he's hysterical, um, but I also through the three different podcasts that Bert is on because mm-hmm. he's on Two Bears One Cave with mm-hmm. Tom Segura. Right. He's on the Bill Burt podcast with mm-hmm. with uh, um, Bill Burr, mm-hmm. and and then he's got his own podcast, the Burt Cast. Yeah. Um, and just through kind of following those, and and so I'm normally getting about four or five. Bert podcasts a right. week. Right. Um, you learn a lot about somebody. And um, you know, he uh he's pretty open, yeah. open guy. Yeah. But uh the Bill Burt podcast had uh a couple of guests recently on mm-hmm. their podcast and Gilbert Gottfried was one of them. Right. And uh, that dude is so fucking funny. It, he he's and he's just nuts. He will say anything. It's is that and also he learned that okay. He knows, like, okay, I know how to time myself. 
and I know how to deliver and punch. Like he just mm-hmm. does that. Like just I'm sitting here at fucking genie. Like the way he does that, and he'll slow it down, and then just in case you didn't catch it, he'll go back and explain himself. Like and mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you're freaking great. Mm. He's awesome. Um, he was literally one of literally, he was one of my favorites in uh, Aladdin. Honestly, of course, you gotta love him as the parrot. Iago. Yeah, he was he was going off. He was going he was going off. He was like he was pissed, you know. Like he was he was talking like as, but at the same time he was like, damn, that parrot is really sick of this shit, you know. But I I I like I like Gilbert Gottfried because he's his his voice is distinct is very unique. But at the same time, you love him with the roast. Yes. So um, I I kind of glad you mentioned roasts. Um, On Netflix, there's a, a series. And it's called Bumping Mics. Yes. And it's uh, Jeffrey it Ross. Yeah, I've and, seen that. And Dave Attell. And now Jeffrey Ross is probably one of my favorite roasters. Mm-hmm. Just like from from the roasts. Because yeah. he's just savage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave Attell is a stand-up comic. Yeah. <sighs> that dude is fucking genius. Yeah. And, and there's this great kind of space that he's gotten into from years of experience Mm -hmm. and being in that. And the two of them being so quick and doing great crowd work that, um, I think it was, it's three nights. I think it is three nights. Yeah. It's three nights. It's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. And they had some different people come up on stage. Yeah. And Gilbert was the, Mm -hmm. the host for the Saturday night one. I think it was. Yeah. Oh, dude, and that had shit a, was so funny. One of them was Bob Saget. That was one of Bob, Bob Saget, Saget was in yes. there. Yeah. Yes. And Bob Saget is such a dirty stand-up. I, dude, I, I, I loved him in that. And I loved him when, um, in uh, Entourage. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally was in there just like... His part in Half-Baked. Oh, man. Jesus. You ever suck dick for weed? Boo this man! <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 I like Bob Saget in that. And then even... I, um. Even when they had Bruce Willis come out in the in the crowd, you know, right? And um, what's his what's his name? He was there too. Um, on one of the episodes, Paul Rudd, right? Yeah, like it's it's it's, it's some good stuff in there, man. Yeah, but seeing the two of them just kind of up there riffing, and, uh, and they touch mics, yeah, bumping mics yeah, every time just, they had a good one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just uh, it's it's brilliance. I Dave Attell. I don't know that you can really top that. And it's, you know, there again, like it's, it's so dumb to kind of rank comedians in any sense because everybody <laughs> kind of has their own kind of thing. Well, but I mean, if you ask any comedian, mm-hmm. he's, I guarantee you, he's probably in every top five of every good quality comedian that's ever doing anything. I, I kind of, I kind of rank them. I mean, overall by their 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 body of work i mean like certain people they'll rank richard Pryor like as like one of the best but he's only ranked up there to me because he was the first one to do something a totally different way or say something a totally different way that most people gravitated to in that moment see but you can't you can't really it's like gauging sports Okay. Because rules change constantly, right? Right. So the way you judge, um, you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady or or mm-hmm. a Peyton Manning or a Matt Ryan or whoever, oh Jesus, versus somebody like a Marino, a Unitas, 
they played such different eras. Right. You know what I mean? It, like, you know, what, what Jerry Rice had to go through versus what, you know, mm-hmm. a, a current wide receiver has to go through like Julio Jones completely different scenario so it's it's the same in stand-up you know you couldn't push boundaries there's there's a a special on netflix that i watched and it was three stand-ups that were brought to um hong kong Mm -hmm. taiwan and singapore okay and tom segura was one of the comics Mm -hmm. and um it was it was a really cool I, I won't go too into it but it was kind of a documentary and they went to some underground open mics mm-hmm. while they were there right and they also had some locals opening up for their sets okay and because comedy mm-hmm. is decades behind there their comedy was not near sophisticated right because they haven't been doing it that long mm-hmm. like you talk to trevor noah and he knows the point where right. where apartheid ended and you could tell jokes mm-hmm. you couldn't do that before right so you don't start with david tell level material right you don't start with Chappelle level material right you don't tell stories that well. You don't because you're not into that. You're very much back in in the Benny Goodman kind of right, right. Era oh God, of kind of corny stand up and yeah. and you know you're still experimenting. Oh, you're playing God. with this. So you know, like Richard Pryor was a genius and was fantastic, right? In his time period. And, and you can't ever take that away from him because at that time mm-hmm. he faced challenges that, that right. no one today will face. Neil Brennan had this thing where, where at, um, the Mark Twain, uh, yeah. award Works, for yeah. Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. um, he said, um, there was a time where only one black comedian mm-hmm. could be famous. Right. Whereas now it's three. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's still, you know, there's still kind of a thing. There is. But Richard I, Pryor was like super famous at I, that time. I think, you know, but even even then in that moment, like I said, like Richard, he he's ranked up there. But at the same time, I like Red Fox just as much as I do Richard Pryor. I mean, and I and like I said, but once again, therefore me being a person that I am, even though I like those guys, both of them uniquely the same. I still love Paul Mooney because the fact of oh god Paul Mooney's writing, fucking brilliant the writing that he did holy shit that guy is the writing fucking... that he literally did makes him up there and, and the way he talks I mean his comedy is just him being real about everything you know he just get your black ass away from me and, he, and he'll sit there he will never put himself up there he'll be like Richard is the genius he's the goddamn genius he's the best motherfucker, best motherfucker I've ever seen do comedy well you know mm. Paul Mooney did um, a lot more writing than yeah. than um, any kind of grab to get mm-hmm. fame. Yeah, um, I think his name got bounced around a lot because of the Chappelle Show mm-hmm. and the bits that he used to do on that, which <laughs> were so goddamn brilliant. <laughs> oh my um, god! But you know, he's just—he was one of those. He's just—he gets it. He gets comedy. He gets humor and. Yeah. 
you know, he's written for a lot of people from what I understand. Yeah. Like I said, I put him up, like I said, him, you know, like I said, I put George, Car- George Carlin will always be up there because for one, he was funny, but he's a guy that before Dave Chappelle, a lot of people don't understand this before Dave Chappelle was, was doing the way he delivers his jokes and the way they tied in George Carlin was already, he was ahead of that game like years out. George years Carlin out. was a wordsmith. Yeah. You know, um, comedy was something he fell into. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a way with words. Yeah. Um, Jerry's latest special that we talked about on the last episode. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like there were aspects of that where his word play was really on point. Yeah. And, and he really kind of threw words around to kind of make you think, mm-hmm. um, for me, I, I think it's, it's more about just who makes me laugh. Right. And, right. and so, you know, like I like different types of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'm that person that I'm going to giggle every time somebody falls down. Right. I, I just, that's, that's naturally me. But, you know, for me, like Dave Chappelle would be my number one because <laughs> I just, you know, I remember, you know, killing them softly and, and yeah. a lot of his early standups yeah. and, and he was great then. Yeah. He, he, he was, he was great then. And I think, you know, over a period of time, it was just, once he started getting more into movies and people started to actually see the other side of his talent besides being on a stage, you know, like for me, one of the movies I love them in is uh, Undercover Brother. Like the way he would sit there, because you can tell that whole, his whole bit, every time they put the camera on, he was improving. Like mm-hmm. he just, just go off the whim and it would be funny. And he like, what? Like, there's a scene there where Eddie Griffin walks in and he's like, hi. He's like, hi. The white man says hi. And he's, uh, uh, hi. Uh, you trying to tell me you hunting? You hunting me? That's what you trying to do? Hi. Would you smell me or something? You know, he's just, that's it. That's Dave Chappelle. Like, you could tell he improv the whole freaking thing. But once they saw that and then seeing that him go and do other features in movies, like one of the ones I love too is uh, him on Nutty Professor him and Eddie Murphy are going at it and you can tell it was like there's a one point that it wasn't scripted you can tell they were just feeding off of each other but you gotta love Dave I I love Dave for the pride for for seeing him progressively just rise to be who he is mm-hmm. you know um if I'm not mistaken Mel Brooks gave him his first big break You're opportunity right. and Robin right. Hood men in tights. Yeah. And, and I believe that he got to do some improving in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in, in the comedy circle, yeah, that's kind of like the Joe Rogan bump in, in, in podcasting, right? Like, I mean, you know, Mel Brooks puts you in one of his movies. There are certain people that's in Hollywood right now. Like say for instance, Mel Brooks is he's a, he's old now, but if he says he wants something, or if he says, "Hey, this person needs to do this," you better believe it's gonna happen. Like you 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 got that kind of respect. You've done you've done enough in the industry where people respect what you do. Or mm-hmm. you know, he has that. There's no when it comes to like any any old comedians or any old producers of like that believe me just because you don't see them on camera or their name is not mentioned anymore it, it's not that they're they, they 
they're, they're basically stepping out. But at the same time, they still have that same power. Like, literally, they do. Like, Mel Brooks is one of those ones that's like, hats off to you. You know, I wanted him to do a Spaceballs to the oh, for more man. money so bad. I mean, you know what? You know what? It's kind of like you want you want that. But at the same time, it's not going to feel the same. Well, he couldn't for a long time. Yeah. Because Rick Moranis, um, Rick Moranis he after his yeah. wife passed away. He, yeah. And he, did, and he, he had just, to do, he had to be yeah, a family he man. Was like, yeah. He was like, I'm, I'm going to raise my kids. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to do all of this, and then, which so much fucking respect for. Um, you don't have John Candy. But, well, now you don't. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean. Um, yeah, we, we missed that opportunity. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's why, like, you know, one of my favorite movies with John Candy is always going to be uh, The Great Outdoors. <sighs> Eric and I watch that frequently. Dude. Like, I. <laughs> I'm old fashioned. I like assholes. <laughs> how are you oh. going to beat the bear getting shot in his ass? Oh. Like, you know, I mean. Bear. bear big bear. You know, I'm telling you. Big bear chasing me. My dad, every time we sit there and watch that, that scene where that bear hit his ass shot, man, my dad is dying because the way it just, the, the way the fur just rips off and you just see the ass just open up like, what the fuck? Like, that is funny as shit to me. Oh, he was great. And then, of course, even um, the respect, I, I respect um, um, Dan Aykroyd, like, far as in, he's a great, he, a lot of people don't know, he's a great writer. And then at the same time, far as in, a lot of people don't know, the House of Blues, he was one of the ones who helped start that. He was, like, the dominant owner at one point. Oh, yeah, that was all from the Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, so he's he's one of those, and Ghostbusters pretty much was him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I give hats off. Like, I mean, that's how much I researched and, 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 and did my work, you know what I mean? Look at you. You know, yeah, you know. Mr. Homework Guy. That's right. I know how to read. Word. No, no. But. <laughs> you know how to read word? That's a, that's Can a, you sorry. read more than word? That's or is right. word the only word that you can read? I mean, look here. I've, I've learned. Okay? We got to start somewhere. I have to, you know. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, that, I, I've done that research to just pretty much understand where, where it comes from, where is it going, and who really put in the work to really be who they are. Right. You know, I mean, and that's just, but that's, that's in anything. It sports us, anything, you know, everybody has to put in some type of work. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the things we talked about the other night hanging out, um, was I, uh, I didn't realize how self-conscious I was going to get about being on video. Okay. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned that, you know, I, I probably need to start using some whitening. I, I'm, I'm probably going to do a cigar per podcast cause it's just great. And yeah. I love them. That's the Arnold and him. He wants to do oh, I've got the stogie. Yeah, you got I don't the have to hide like you. That's right. I put the cookie down. It's no. one time on the set of the movie twins. Me and my brother Vincent <laughs> had to poop at the same time. No. You know, he, he it was a touching moment. I'm pretty sure he makes that same. Through everything, like he probably sits there and like hits his like his his big toe up against something. Like that really smarts. That hurts. Like I can imagine him like him being like a baby. Mommy, mommy. So, in in mentioning that, I probably need to start using some whitening toothpaste. You you had said that I was smart for wearing black. Yeah. Cause, he damn right. Because it, it hides how tubby I am. And yeah. I noticed you're wearing black today. Well, you know what? The funniest thing is I said I was going to wear black. But this time when I wore the black, it wasn't even for this. I was like, let me find a shirt 
that I could wear because I've said every either every time we meet, I'm gonna wear like a a shirt from like a character or something, and it happened to be Jaws. I was like, you know mm. what? Let me rock that. And at the same time, I Jaws is like, you know, it's gonna be something attacking you, right? Mm-hmm. His dog is still trying to attack me even this moment, like still. So, you know. Well, you know, last week you rolled up in here looking like Grimace with a chest tattoo of Mario, right? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and that's why I'm like, yo, this camera explodes and makes me look like freaking <laughs> dude. I people are gonna look at that first one and go, damn, he weighs like three hundred something pounds, <laughs> and I'm nowhere near that weight. No, like two ninety. Yeah, best. yeah, like, and I'm not even that, <laughs> nowhere near that. And I was just like, Jesus, like, yeah, I actually weigh 122 pounds on camera. No, no, off camera. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, I don't weigh myself on purpose. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you I'm, just don't, you, you just don't want to. Well, look, you're married, you're happy, you don't give a fuck. So, right. <laughs> so why would you, why that would is you, right? And my wife makes amazing cookies, so right. how can Th- I be thin? They're good, I don't even eat. Do you think I can keep weight off? No, when my wife makes cookies. No, no. you cannot. Now, if you had the if you had protein cookies, you could keep the weight off. That's, That's right. right. You have about three or four of them. Eat them and eat them now. Yep. In fact, go in there and go, Erica, I need the cookies. Give them now. Get the protein cookies now. Don't care if you're watching movies. If you're not watching my movies, you need to be making the cookies now. Now. Head to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> really? That's but, right. So, I mean, I, I understand that. You know, most people, when they get married, they're like, you know what? Fuck the six pack. Six pack is gone. It's gone. Bring me the keg. It's a party. That's right. For the rest of your life. It's you marriage, got, man. You got it all figured out, Ken. I pretty much do. You know, I mean, I really That's right. do. That's like, right. no, I no, I don't. I don't really have that figured out. Like the whole marriage thing to me. Like when I like I do. You know, when people go and they finally get engaged, it's always the woman that's happy. Like I'm getting married. Everybody's like, woo! All girls like, yeah, girl, you get married, you get married. That was exactly me when I got engaged. Uh, I just ran around just going, I got engaged. Most dudes, they come in like, yeah, man, I <laughs> I went in and I proposed. They had that sad look, like they just got to go. Like they just went in. Well, and, guys, I did it. Yeah, <sighs> it's always that look like they just got bailed out of jail mm-hmm. like they're just like yeah i paid the fine man like i, I gotta go work extra hours i couldn't like, hold out any longer it, man it's not a moment of happiness at all like i don't want that you know and then i grew up watching married with children and i was like when i was young because i was i would look at certain things and like like, like i was dumbass like far as certain i would look at certain stuff and i was like yo i don't want to be married looking like that he don't ever eat nothing. Ain't no food in the refrigerator, and everybody's always asking for twenty dollars. Well, yeah, don't don't marry Peg Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Bless you. Yeah, thank you. Thank Caught you. That one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like the way you put it out there. But um, I don't. But I, I just don't want to be that guy. Like you know. And then I was like, oh Jesus, I don't never want to be a shoe salesman. No. Like the feet, and, and at the oh. same time, is just horrible. So every married guy is a shoe salesman, married the, to Peg Bundy. You know, I'm just saying that his life sucked on there. Like it, it sucked. Yeah, you know, his but life sucked. It doesn't mean yours has to. It, it, it doesn't. But you know what? I think, I think honestly, with with marriage, it's more so why a lot of it doesn't work. One is because people don't get the time; they don't take the time to know each other, and also oh, that's huge we are programmed in a way to believe marriage is supposed to go a certain way. You have to find your marriage. 
meaning that whatever works for you guys, how you guys talk, how you guys, the way you do things, it might not be the same as everybody else, but that's your marriage and that's how it works. Yeah. Our incredible, our incredible relationship doesn't necessarily mean that that would be your incredible relationship. Right. You're a different person. You need something different. Right. But it is, it's about finding that, that whatever it is that works for you right? and for that other person. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not necessarily easy, but I've, I've never regretted it a day. Like, that's, that's, I, yeah, I mean, that's great. And I mean, I've heard you like talk to your wife a certain way and I'm just like, and, and, and it, it works. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Talk to her a certain way. Hey, like he just, he might, he might be like, he might, he might, you know, like, shut the hell up. You know, just go, go do something else real like that. Uh, we'll see. But that's there again. That's, that's earned. So I, I will say like, you know, one of the things that personally I always felt like, because I have a temper mm-hmm. and, and I'm somebody that like, I'm super chill mm-hmm. to a point. Right. But super chill to 300 miles an hour is just like one line. And as soon as that line's crossed, I'm like full bore, right? And if I use horrible language to you Mm -hmm. or at you and it's accepted, then it becomes easier to do that later on. Mm. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's, it starts out as bitch. Right. Then it's asshole. Right. Then it's piece of shit. Then it's motherfucker. And, and when you're saying those things to somebody in anger, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you generally don't mean it. Right. Right. So why would you get that energy out? Yeah. But, but you felt that you were okay to disrespect somebody in that way. Mm-hmm. To me, as soon as you start decaying a relationship in that sense, mm-hmm. it becomes easier and easier to degrade to a, a completely unacceptable level. I agree. So you got to stop right from the beginning. Yeah. In anger, I would never speak to her like that ever. Right. And she knows that. Right. And through the course of our, cause we've been together for 22 years, almost 23 years. Yeah. Um, married for 19 and uh you know through the course of that we've learned how to disagree because i won't even call it fighting right we don't fight right and and some people in their relationship they find it healthy to fight and i'm not going to say what's right for anybody i just know for us because of the way we both are Mm -hmm. with tempers it would never end well if, if we allowed that to happen. So for us, we separate. If I'm really pissed off, I'm not going to talk to you about it now. Right, right. Yeah. But yes. we will talk about it before we go to bed. Right. We don't go to bed mad. Right. Well, if, but if I give myself space, I can then start thinking about, okay, what was the intent? What was it that really pissed me off about it? Mm-hmm. Get to the root of it right. so that you're not just throwing a bunch of stuff on top of it to make your case. Right. Because when you're hot, things get escalated. You over embellish things right. because you're upset and you want to make your point, which all of that stuff just clouds any kind of fix to that problem. Right. But if I give myself some space and I let myself think about it, if I truly care about mm-hmm. her, then, you know, I can go 
and and I can say, okay, if I really want her to understand why I'm so upset Mm -hmm. and I really want it to change, I have to find a way to approach her where I'm not going to hurt her feelings or attack her. Right. Cause it's not going to get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I just don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't ever want this to happen. So the best thing I can do is separate myself, figure it out yeah. and then yeah. go back to her. And because we've handled it like that for so long, yeah, we'll, we'll say some pretty crazy shit to each other sometimes. Right. But that's just, that's comedy. That's, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, those yeah. Those is jokes. Yeah, those is jokes. I was fooling y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Haven't <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the set throw down the crack of another man's oh ass? Oh, my God. Ah, I was don't, fooling y'all. Man, that, that movie, Don't Be a Menace, man. One of the, one of my top sort of Wayne brothers, man. Oh, my goodness. Like, I love that movie so they much. They did their job, man. Yeah. Like, that right there, just, man. Hey, Miss Lady Bitch. <laughs> hey, I heard y'all was hiring. Oh, man. <laughs> dry, motherfucker, dry. Like, that's, my, that's my part right mm-hmm. there. But that, I told you I can get a little crazy. <sighs> oh, man. Hey, you ain't going nowhere. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, for real. Like, you freak out. <laughs> like, for real. Like, you don't, get, you don't get good movies and stuff like that anymore. Nah. It just went downhill. Don't get me wrong, Haunted House, those movies... They're still kind of good. They, they, they were good, especially the first one. Like what about Nick, the Scream movies? The, uh, you didn't like those? Scream? Yeah. Okay, now or we, no, it was scary movie. Scary movie. Scary movie. Yeah, scary. they were taken from the, the Scream movies. The first two was the the first two was the best. Marlon making the cake. Man, that whole cake scene was just fucking great. Man, I I the first one. The homeless man, when he asked for a dollar, she gave him a sandwich. He was like, I said a dollar, bitch. And then like, he threw it at out. I was like in tears. I said, okay, I already know how this movie's going to go. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Don't grab that hand. Uh, grab the little hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take my strong hand. I was like, and then he like, it was like fucking the turkey. I was like, oh, God. And he was, he just, hey, what's up? I was like, oh, jeez.